0: joining now is political commentator, also political operative, I think we can say these days, Vernon Tarver, and discussing Simon Wilson's column, and I, I love Simon Wilson's writing. Uh, this is an explosive column, as I said just before. Uh, so he's saying that the National Party is New Zealand's biggest climate change threat. I'll just read you a paragraph from this uh, before we go to Vernon and get his thoughts on this. So Simon Wilson's saying that National's position on climate change will undermine our economy, damage us socially. He says delays now will lead to crisis management later and the people worst affected will include farmers coastal dwellers and the poor he also says national says it knows we have to combat combat climate change but undermines every effort to address the issue it sneers at plans to promote rail it refuses to endorse the zero carbon bill claims it will reintroduce new rights to fossil fuel exploration uh, you can see that article on the herald website to get reaction vernon tava good afternoon and welcome to the program Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us, Vernon. Is the National Party New Zealand's biggest climate change threat?
1: I think that's a bit over the top uh, as a claim. Certainly not the biggest threat. I mean, look, I, I get... Are you sure, Vernon? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think it's the actual sources of emissions and in industries that produce them that are that are the issue. Look, I, I think that I, I certainly get Simon Wilson's perspective on this, which is that, uh, you know, the, the, the National Party had initially pledged, look, we are going to take a bipartisan approach on this stuff. We're, we're all going to work together um, on the zero carbon uh, legislation, which, which I think, and it is certainly from good international precedent, considered to be the best approach to these issues. That is, the long story short is where you take this stuff out of the hands of politicians and into the hands of, of an independent commission of, of scientists and advisors who then come back with a plan to the politicians to approve. And that, that's definitely the best way to do these things, because you need to get the politics out of it as soon as possible. So I suppose what he's expressing is this frustration that there is still a lot of politics in it. But that's not really very surprising. Um, and the National Party, of course, does uh, represent uh, traditionally and, and now very large groups of people who will be um, or, or potentially will be adversely affected, particularly agriculture.
0: Mm. Hey, look, they're in opposition, though. How much can they actually do to spike the government's measures? Well,
1: and that's where I think the whole claim that National is the great enemy of of climate change action in New Zealand to be really overstated. The fact is they are not the government anymore. The government and its coalition, or Labour and its coalition partners, could get this bill through um, anyway, just on the numbers. So um, to then claim that that the whole scheme is being threatened by National's opposition um, is pretty over the top. Uh, so so that's the initial point. But look, I think that um, it would be good to see a little more bipartisan sort of action on it. And this is where we see a bit of a split within the National Party in their approach. You've got people like Todd Muller, who's actually been tasked with dealing uh, with the other parties, and particularly James Shaw, on working with this, who has been very cooperative, very constructive in his approach. There also does, though, seem to be uh, more recently, in the last couple of weeks, a, a party that I think has, been, has drawn the wrong lessons from the Australian election, um, that... That our climate change, in fact, is a um, you know is a bedrock thing to oppose for any centre right party. Um, but you know, I think what what's not being taken into account is that the Australian political environment is so very different.
0: Actually, I just wanted to ask you about that because there has been a cozying up not just to Scott Morrison but also to some of his uh, you know political campaign advisers by the National Party. Is this Topham Um, I believe so. Yeah, Kiwi Digital uh, and uh, Social yeah. Firm.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think maybe their influence has been a little bit overstated, to, to be blunt, recently. They're, they're very good, you know, very good operators. They do a good job of what they do. But a, a digital strategy team um, are not the people who make these very high-level decisions and, 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 and would have an influence, really, over the conversations that are had between the leaders of parties. The relationship between the Liberal Party and the National Party in New Zealand has always been really close, or has been for, for decades now. And they will um, routinely, at party conferences, fly the leaders or senior figures of one party or the other across the Tasman um, to give speeches at conferences and so on. So they've always had a pretty close relationship. Um, And look, Scott Morrison's victory in Australia was not tipped by the pollsters. It surprised most of the commentariat. He really did um, snatch it out of the fire, although I would argue that that had a lot more to do with Bill Shorten's absolute hopelessness (laughs) as a leadership candidate rather than any nuanced or not so nuanced messaging on on climate change. But what really didn't help Labour either um, was that there were a bunch of people from Sydney and Melbourne and Tasmania who marched up to Queensland and told everybody that the Adani coal mine, um, although you know, create prosperity jobs and so on and we can argue about how many jobs and how much prosperity and at what cost. But there was an awful lot of finger wagging going on from what could easily be portrayed as an urban elite going up into the, the heartland of Queensland and jolly well telling everybody that they were wrong and what to do. And that really did not help uh, the, the Labour Green uh, sort of side of things.
0: So then just summing up, you don't think that in New Zealand that if there was momentum... Uh, uh, amongst the the voting public of essentially climate change denial, that that could really happen in New Zealand and indeed impact nationals policies and strategies. I, I don't
1: exactly. I mean, I, I think that's a good summary. I think I think the New Zealand political environment is different. Our, our openness to climate action um, is different. I mean, we had we. Elected a prime minister who put this front and centre um, prior to the election as one of her priorities. I think that the strongest criticisms you could level at the current government is is that they're not doing enough or they're moving too slowly. But I think they they are doing the right thing in taking an approach of going, listen, we have to build uh, as the broadest possible consensus on this that we can, because you can't have stuff like this being a political football that gets kicked back and forth with all the good work of the previous government being reversed by the next one. We've got it's, some things are too important to be in the hands of politicians and a meaningful long-term climate change policy is definitely one of them but i think the new zealand environment is very different and um, national aren't even really taking a position of climate change denialism they're just uh, criticizing the current government's
0: approaches to dealing with it all right vernon pleasure to have you on the program enjoy your sunday Thanks very much. All the best. It's Vernon Tarver, political commentator, and and I don't mean it in a dismissing way. Political operative, because he's he's very much on the scene, and maybe on a, a slightly larger scene in the years to come. Touted as a uh, possible future leader of the quote unquote uh, blue greens party, a yep. middle, a sort of.